Okay, her thing. Okay, perfect. Perfect, perfect. Okay, great. We'll start then. Well, today on the Star Parent Podcast, it's one of our last recordings of the year. And we're really actually very blessed to have a third person today. Um, it's Anne Celeste's birth partner. Um, should I say birth partner? That's can, perfect. Yeah. That's a perfect term for Mike. Birth partner, co-parent. Mm-hmm. Well, Mike, I'll just let you introduce yourself since we're already on our way there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so... Um... I'm Mike. Um, we were, Anne and I were best friends since 2018. Mm-hmm, almost five years. Almost yeah. five years now, yeah. Um, and I've been, I think, polyamorous for about that long. Mm-hmm. And uh, in 2021, 2020, we decided to do um, co-parenting together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, so have you been two romantic partners? No, we we met online. Yeah, and we talked a bunch. Um, we actually talked about parenting very, very like our first conversation <laughs> online was about um, wanting to be parents, wondering how that would play out, thinking about our own baggage with our parents, and we met um, after talking for about two, three months and decided to become friends. And so we've been friends since like the January, February of 2018. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Mike, I'm, is this, because you said you're polyamorous. And so I'm assuming that this is the lifestyle that you've had for your whole life and you've met Anne and now you want to live this life with Anne Celeste. Is this how it kind of went for you? Um, I think uh, polyamory was its own journey for me. Uh, definitely it was in the background of my life, something I'd wanted to do for a long time. I sort of, it was sort of a coming out process um, around the time. Shortly before I met Anne, I, I began to sort of, discover the community and uh, make that explicitly how I wanted to do relationships as in uh, non-monogamy would be the only way forward. But I I assumed at the time that uh, moving into that space at the age I was at, that children would be kind of off the table for me. There was, there's an assumption sometimes that um, if you go in an alternative lifestyle, you might be stepping off the relationship escalator. And for me, I didn't know how I would generate a secure enough attachment to be comfortable raising a child. So even though we talked about child rearing, it kind of, it just sort of slipped into the back of my mind for several years. Mm-hmm. So let's update our listeners because some people don't know what polyamory is at least they have an idea maybe of multiple partners and everyone's sleeping around all the time can you give us can you give us a healthier idea of what polyamorous polyamory is to you yeah that's a great question um so for being polyamory means um being able to love more than one person at a time it doesn't it's not really about sex it's about um prioritizing secure attachments with myself and with my partners um there's many ways to do it some people um i think they want to express that more physically 
for me, it means having partners who are needed for different things. So, for example, Anne and I, um, we prioritize the need to build a family connection in a platonic relationship. And in another relationship, I'm focusing on more of my more and more sexual needs. And another, I have other more girlfriend-like needs. Um, and those needs are fluid and they change, but this is all, we all talk about this with each other. My partners know about each other. They, they've met each other. Um, uh, actually, a couple haven't yet, but we keep it all in the open and mm -hmm. we manage our feelings as individual, independent, mature people. Yeah. And my journey has been kind of similar because <clears throat> um, I, I have had children on the mind and on the table for a bit longer than Mike has, mm -hmm. but I did like kind of surrender, I guess is a good word, or decide like in 2017 that I wanted to have a baby, but I didn't necessarily want to force myself to find a traditional partner to get married to to have a baby with mm -hmm. and that um I wanted to kind of have this baby with a friend or yes. with a gay couple on my own and exploring all those different options and I've continued to date you know during the years and I've always been really transparent with the people I date and when Mike and I met I was dating two different guys and they both knew I was interested in getting pregnant and trying to find an option for it so I also have been practicing polyamory for yeah, about like five, six years um, in different ways. And some people practice polyamory like they are very traditional couples and they open up just a little bit, you mm -hmm. know, will have like um, kind of they'll play with another person. So there's so many different um, ways of doing it. And but for us, we're kind of like two solo polo people. We have our own polycules and then we co-parent together. For those who are interested in more information about polyamory or um, ethical non-monogamy, recommend going out there and, and finding some resources that are helpful. Um, some of the books that um, I have found have worked, perhaps better than others, um, are Opening Up by um, Tristan Terramino. Um, there's also Jessica Fern wrote a book called Polysecure, which talks about polyamory, non-monogamy, um, the whole spectrum and uh, through a lens of attachment and trauma. And there's also more than two is a book that I've heard good things about by Eve Rickert. So those are just some, for the bibliophiles in our audience, um, some resources uh, to go check online um, if you want to know more. Um, and in this relationship, we have Layla in the background here. You might hear her uh, <laughs> playing with her ball. <laughs> oh, we are so familiar with Layla. It's all good. It's all good. So the two of you, what I think is amazing, what you said about the family dynamic, and that's something that you both had something interested in from the beginning. And I love that too, because I knew Mike actually before 
Anne Celeste. Mm -hmm. And when I met Anne Celeste and found out about this dynamic that they wanted to create and finding out that it was with you, Mike, I was like, yes, this is <laughs> awesome. Because like, I know Mike as a friend and I know that he's an awesome friend and I'm meeting Anne Celeste and getting to know you and the, this dynamic. So I was like, this is a really great, this is a really great fit because of the healthy style of communication that you both have. And one more thing, I also wanted to commend you both on facing your path, your, your past, and a lot of your childhood trauma that's, uh, that's allowed you to become ready to be parents. I don't know if you wanted to share a little bit about that, because I find the dynamic to be very, very um, cohesive with being ready to parent. So um, I think those things are kind of, they do all kind of uh, meld together in that to be a mature adult, to do polyamory in an ethical way means that I have to be very, both of us have to be very good at communicating, very good at able to differentiate our feelings from each other and from our other partners. And uh, it just so happens that that's really important skills to learn in parenting as well, especially in a non-traditional way. Um, so, yeah, we both prioritized ourselves, our own self-growth, not being kind of too stuck in narratives of the past. And that's, I guess, how we want to parent as well. Yeah, I think it's one of my favorite things about Mike is like he's the person I am comfortable having the most challenging conversations with, you know. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and like, th that's something even like Lorraine, you're learning about in the, in the hologram of like different support people where you can, you know, you can say it truthfully, even if it's not mm -hmm. easy. I, I, you know, like I think as parents, we have to go to those hard places sometimes and it never feels like a fight between us. It always just feels like an investigation and a curiosity. And you know me, I love curiosity. Um, but the other thing is like, you know, co-parenting with somebody who's not afraid of therapy, who's not afraid of doing self-work. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the other thing I really love about Mike is like, he changes. And that for me is like, if there's something he's struggling with, he's going to put effort in to transform. And that mm -hmm. for me is so inspiring. I think it's going to be so great for a child to grow up with a parent like that, you know, um, where it's okay to get stuck. It's okay to, to be like, Oh, I don't like how this is going, but then to find that resilience and to overcome. Um, yeah. I think that's so great to not just perpetuate the past, you know, yeah. generational mm -hmm. traumas, but to really be like, okay, the buck stops here and we want better for the future. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I think we've been really um, from the get go flipping the script. The, the script is uh, date, so you can be boyfriend and girlfriend, so you can buy a house, so you can marry, so you can have kids and have a dog and uh, all of the things. But as soon as somebody changes or grows or one need doesn't get met, it starts creating strain on the couple. So we decided to break with a lot of that and instead focus on the growth, embrace it and embrace our needs so that our child doesn't grow up with two parents who don't quite understand how to meet their needs mm -hmm. but instead they see two people who are doing all the things they think they need to do to be healthy people 
Oh yeah. That's all part of growth. And because you both are new parents, I know there's a lot of listeners out there that are like, Oh, you guys don't know. You haven't even have, you haven't even had the child yet. And you don't even know how this is going to work. And correct. That's why this adventure is so fun is because it's, it's like parenting. It's a kind of a learn as you go experience. So I'm curious, Mike, to know about the stereotypical roles that we have as society for men how have you been able to internal internally i guess face that and decide that that's not for you or if it is for you or if you had to let go of some roles that you wanted to have but don't match so well in this dynamic do you want to share a little bit about that yeah well for one thing um the the biggest role i think that that's kind of put on men is okay well you got to get a girl and you got to get her pregnant and then you got to look after her as almost like your property like it's your okay you married her you make her pregnant and then you buy her a home and you do all the things and we do this as two independents and what that does is it creates a a need for me to be present because if I'm not present the baby will grow up without me it's not, mm. there's no default assumption that, that I'm just awesome because I'm awesome, which sometimes that comes with a territory of marriage, not always. And I really don't mean to, 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 to put down that institution, but there's no, there's no like free pass. I show up, I be present. I do the things we need to do to hold up my end of the couple. Um, I think the, the biggest the biggest thing that's different from, from uh, other relationships, it's, I, I, I'm always asked the question, um, but aren't you guys in love? And, but how, how does it work if you're not, if you're not a romantic couple? And honestly, it works a lot easier because we just prioritize the family raising Mm. part. um, And that makes it easier for us to have conversations that would otherwise be difficult. I'm not, I'm not threatened by, um, if I bring up something tough, she's not going to stop sleeping with me. She is sleep with me. It's fine. <laughs> there's no conflict of interest there. Um, we don't have to pretend our relationship goes in a way that it wouldn't otherwise go because, you know, for the sake of the children, we have to pretend we love each other. Well, our relationship is building upwards. It's not building on an assumption. So, as, as our dynamic changes, we adapt to those new changes. We make space for each other and we make space um, for a baby to exist between us. So we can both come mm. at it from responsibility instead of from, from some kind of ownership. There's also like a, an energy and a time factor too, right? Where when you're in a romantic relationship with somebody, you need to carve out time to have dates, to connect to feel really special with each other, to have that romantic connection. And a romantic connection also comes with baggage, right? Like mm-hmm. anyone who's ever dated before, it's like, we, you know, how do you love without having a past? You can't, you know, you work through your past in your romantic relationships. And what's really nice with Mike is like, that whole labor of love isn't, isn't something we have to make time for like 
our time is very much about, okay, we're going to get ready for this baby. Okay. We, how was your week? Like there's definitely love between us. It's just Mm -hmm. one dynamic. We don't have to, um, add. And it also means like, we don't have that potential for breaking up the rupture. Yep. The way a couple was and having like contention and loss or feeling jealousy that the baby is more important than each other. So I don't know, for me, it feels very beautiful and freeing. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm curious now that you brought that because it is a quite natural thing for people to feel jealous and envy of a newborn. This is actually documented. So I'm curious to know, Mike, if that's ever come up for you that you would, I don't know. I'm curious. Yeah. So it, it does come up differently for me. Okay. Um, as because we're two independent people, we're not married. Um, we are making a commitment to each other. Uh, actually, we went through quite a long series of checking in with each other before we decided to actually conceive. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a lot of intentional decisions, which helped definitely helped uh, pave the way for a harmonious coexistence. But I think that the strongest insecurity I would have, or I used to have was okay but am i needed as a mm-hmm. as a man as as a non-romantic person am i needed um and it becomes absolutely obvious of course dad's necessary <laughs> of course he's important yeah. um it doesn't it doesn't depend on my romantic relationship to Anne. it depends on my secure attachment with our baby mm-hmm so it's again flipping the script instead of um assuming things will just work a certain way we show up and we build the relationship we need to build yeah yeah if anything there might be jealousy during those developmental stages when baby is like super bonded with dad and doesn't want anything to do with mom (laughs) Or when being <laughs> super bonded with mom and doesn't really respond as well to dad, that will probably bring up more feelings between us. But it's kind of nice to not have to. That you're right, Lorraine. It is documented that in that first year in romantic couples, a partner will often feel neglected. Yes. You know, but because we're both polyamorous and we have these other relationships, um, you know, Mike can definitely get those needs met, and so can I. Even if there, for sure, there's going to be a change. But um, I don't know. I think we, we, we function in our lives with an abundance of love. We can love multiple people. We can be loved by multiple people. So um, jealousy comes up, but in a different way. Yeah. I, I think it, it comes up more as like, I, I'm never really jealous of Anne for really anything. I don't think she is either. No. She's shaking her head. Sometimes it's <laughs> like, you know, um, no, you, you know, it's friend. like je- jealousy is always teaching us something, right? It's yeah, like, it. oh, I'm jealous that your life is looking like this right now. Oh, you know what? That's motivation for me to change some things in my life so my life can look more like that too. Yeah, I would say we do have this interesting dynamic where uh, sometimes one of us might feel an insecurity in our romantic relationships and we look at the other one going, how are you succeeding right now? <laughs> <laughs> so we do have this mirrored approach and it means that... Um, I think if if there is a, a period where baby's in love with dad and doesn't want to be with mom right now or the opposite, 
uh, we look at each other as like co-parents and we go baby's doing a thing mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's <laughs> like all the other things that babies and kids do yeah and we'll never really let those kinds of things um come in the way of the communication we've already built we won't necessarily have that grieving process that some couples go through of like you know well we've been vacationing every other month together we have dates all the time we're constantly like you know um present energized with each other that's not how our day-to-day has looked for the last five years so we're not losing that you know Mm. yeah well i think in some traditional couples that's where the loss comes right it's like oh like i'm so tired it's not quality time with each other anymore i miss having sex with my partner i miss having a nice date with them um so for us it's it's gonna be it's gonna be different i don't know and we'll have to kind of let you know on the flip side yeah i'm what specifically that looks like because we just don't know absolutely yeah absolutely we're like we're all kind of curious you know um because we start we talking about parenting and co-parenting I think our listeners are probably curious to know about what your parents think about this dynamic. Well, um, <laughs> what, before I answer that question, one more thing on, okay. on uh, jealousy. I think we both had some interesting interactions with our own partners, our own romantic partners Ooh. between um, our, them feeling insecurity of like, I'm going to have a baby. Do you still care about me? And I'm having insecurity about, I'm going to have a baby. Do you still want to be around me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. again, you've had the same, right? Absolutely. It's like, are you still going to have time for me once you have a baby? And I'm like, <laughs> yes. Are you still going to want to date me? Once I'm like, you know, a tired, haggard, you know, like sleep deprived mom. Yeah. Um, you know what? It's funny that you said that. I think the first time I sensed any of that insecurity was at your baby shower. Because it was the first time that I met Mike's partners. It's the first time that I met, yeah, but like I think there were, but no, yeah. one of them wasn't there. Yeah, it's the first time I kind of met the partners. And it's actually the first time, and Celeste, that I've seen you and Mike interact kind of as a quote unquote couple dynamic. So I found it interesting because I've always heard you refer to Mike as Mike. But during the baby shower, and I'm bringing it up now because we're on air and it's kind of cute. Um, during the baby shower, you referred to Mike as your partner often. And I was like, wow, I'm wondering if that's like this primal, you know, need to lay territory or lay your stake, you know, kind of just piss on Mike a little bit. Hey, he's mine kind of taken. But yet, no, I share. But I didn't know. Yeah, no, I don't know. I just thought that was so cool. from that place at all. It's more, okay. It's more, you know, some of the people I date, I don't even necessarily refer to them as partners. But I think that partner for me is about commitment. Mm-hmm. And it's about partnership. And we're not romantic couple uh, partners. We're not a couple. But I don't have this type of committed partnership with anybody <laughs> as much as I do with my co-parent. Because for me, partnership is really about teamwork, you know, like Lorraine, you're a professional partner, you know what I mean? And that partnership, it's not, it's certainly not about ownership. It's more a way of valuing and honoring the relationship. Um, But that word, you know, it has a lot of meaning for a lot of people. A lot of people choose that word instead of wife or husband. Mm -hmm. Right. And for me, it's more like, no, no, this is just a level of commitment. Um, 
co-parent is still my favorite word out of all of them because we are collaboratively becoming parents together and um, intentionally too. A lot of people are co-parents, but they didn't necessarily um, (laughs) have to think about it, you know, or some people are parents and they're not co-collaborative parents together. And that's quite painful. Uh So that's where partnership comes from for me. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's beautiful. That's well said. Well said. Uh, When you were sharing that, the, that all kept coming up for me is like, yeah, I don't have a co-parent. I have a bio dad right now. And I'm, you know, and the thing about co-parenting, it, it can change every day. There's always opportunities to become a better person, a better parent. So it's like just, yeah, it's, it's talk a daily a choice. About that. You know, we talk yeah. about education for our child, like the type of routines that we want, like, how long we'd like to keep them at home before they're in daycare. And obviously that stuff, people are like, that stuff's going to change. But yeah, yeah. I, I feel really good that we talk about it regularly yes. because like religious upbringing, you know, like yes. religious upbringing. Yes. No. And if there's any advice I can give you in the past 12 hours of me working, document it, document your ideas because they do change. And it's just, great it's it's nice to reflect back on like oh yeah we talked about this before baby was born and that's changed a lot how do you feel about this and it's kind of cool to have this like tangible piece of evidence to say this is what we talked about well we actually went through a document which is it's a co-parenting contract oh cool that's used in mediation it's used when people decide like that are very separate you know and decide Mm -hmm. to co-parent and it's not a legal document that we're going to like have um, solidified in court, but it's a template for us to be like, what would our holidays look like? What does education look like? How much time? Yeah. What would we do if there's a conflict? What do we do if one of us has like a mental health crisis? Mm. And we just went through, we that was like, I think our first step yeah. before Dang. deciding to even try to get pregnant was like to go through that document and see if we were on the same page. I know like, probably to a lot of people hearing starting a process of making a baby with a contract sounds <laughs> sounds pretty far away from so LA. falling in love and making a <laughs> conceiving but we really started from okay this is a really life-changing huge decision for both of us um we don't want to go into it willy-nilly and we absolutely want to build like it was we had already been building security between us just the way we'd interacted as friends but you know once you go through um so how do you feel about this kind of schooling suddenly trauma comes up all kinds of well my mom would never let me do that kind of things and so we used it as a tool to go through to find ways we were similar and different but also as a way to start to sniff out some of our own traumas and insecurities so we could hit them head on and not be surprised. I mean, we'll still probably be surprised anyway, (laughs) but less so (laughs) or about at least about things that are interesting and not things that we kind of would, we wouldn't, we found that we're no deal breakers. Yeah, exactly. And that was kind Mm. of the key is that if you want to find the deal breakers as soon as you can, so you don't end up in, yeah, we don't talk about the father. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. And, and like, just, oh, my goodness. Sorry, I lost my train of thought when you said the father. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I still don't want to think about that. 
you did um, you did ask us about parent about our parents and i think that'd be a i'd really like to come back to that one yes please 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 i'm like i'm very curious to know the dynamic and how your parents because i'm sure your parents must have been grieving a little bit they probably wanted you know they probably wanted a wife and a husband and a wedding and the picket fence to paint <laughs> um and you guys didn't give them that uh, uh, terrible children. Yeah. Just joking. Okay. <laughs> it it was a journey. It was definitely a journey. Um, I think that my orientation and polyamory were harder hurdles to cover. Uh, different. Mm -hmm. They were different. But um, for parenting with Anne, but us not being a couple, I think that at first my parents were like okay, why are you telling us this way? You actually are in love, aren't you? And it took them a while to get over that narrative of like, no, this is how we're doing it. And we, we explained it to them. Mm -hmm. I, I, I did a lot of work explaining it. And um, the love came over time. We really just built a space of there's nothing but a truly, I think, a beautiful intention for us to build a family. And I think mm. at first it was a little weird. It was a little non-standard. There was definitely a lot of, uh, I don't want to say there was grief around having a picket fence, but there was um, a lot of fear around, well, if you aren't in love and raising a baby together, then you're going to somehow harm the child. Mm -hmm. um, if we have two homes... Um, so our child will grow up with two homes. And I think that was maybe the hardest part. Um, I think my father was thinking of his own uh, divorce and thinking, oh, we split up the home and it ruined the kids. We're not ruining anything. We're building uh, an independent place, uh, a safe place or two safe places for our baby. And I think that's something that took a long time for him to come to terms with. Um, but, you know, we leave it open. We leave it with love. And eventually he got there. And, and my parents are going to be coming over um, in the new year when we have a, a little baby for him to see. And, mm. and like, uh, in the end, it doesn't really matter how you get there. It matters that the baby's loved and that you, the parents, everyone can see that. They can see the, 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 the security we've built. And I think that's ultimately what they were most worried about. Once it becomes more concrete, they begin to sort of ease up with the, with the narratives. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My family story was like totally different. I have a different, I have a very, my family's like been broken in to like non-traditional, <laughs> <laughs> having a non-traditional kid. <laughs> I've pretty much like broken every single mold with them. <laughs> Coming out when I was like 14 as bisexual, talking about being gender fluid, you know, having dated people who were trans, like, they are just like, you know, um, we love you. Also, you know, like, my family um, have always been very, like, social activists, like, political activists, like, I grew up learning about different cultures different minorities that was like so important in our in both households you know um 
And everybody knows that I've really wanted to have a baby, um, you know, even before Fred came into my life and passed away. That was a partner mm-hmm. I lost in 2016. And so I think for them, there has been no grief around how I got there. They're just so happy yeah. that's happening. Um, if anything, like right in 2017, I was trying to get pregnant on my own and there were concerns that came up then um, of being a single mom. Mm. My dad's mom, you know, the grandma was just like, for her, there was grief there that this baby wouldn't have a tangible second parent. Mm. Even though, I mean, and she had lost her first husband when her kids were young to, to you know, a suicide. And then, um, but... I have many friends who became moms and from a donor and those kids are happy and they're flourishing, you know, and I can give a a 90 plus year old woman credit to be like, I don't understand this, but she didn't say it was wrong. She just said like, this is going to take my mind a little bit of time to figure out. But um, my mom and my sister they were just so happy when I found a co-parent because mm-hmm. they were like, you can do this on your own, but it's so much nicer that you don't have to. Yes. So nice that, you know, and I had tried before with another couple and people were like, mm, they didn't feel as excited as they do about Mike, you know, because um, Mike is the fit, you know. And yes. Then, you know, sometimes I think about like um, miscarriages and stuff and, I would never say this for another person, but for me, my miscarriages were a bit of a blessing of, um, you know, that was not the right time. That was not the right person. This is the right time. This is the right person in a very Mm -hmm. spiritual sense. Yeah. Yeah. My family, no, there's absolutely no grief around it. (laughs) Um, And also like, you know, my family is just non-traditional. Like there's been so many divorces. There's been queer couples. There have been different variations and um yeah so I feel very I feel really blessed actually that I have so much support even to the point where my nephew is like oh well now that you're having a baby like do you have a boyfriend or a girlfriend like even my seven-year-old nephew is like I know you're queer how does this work and I was like I'm having a baby with my best friend and he's like oh that's awesome (laughs) (laughs) that's so cool that is cool it it reminded me what I wanted sorry go ahead Mike I said I was I was gonna segue from family of our previous generation to family of our family I think one of the things that uh, we're both looking forward to with polyamory in the mix is that the adage of it takes a village to raise a child. Ah, yes. We are building our village. Totally. That was a point that I was making earlier. I wanted to make earlier and I kind of got lost my track of thinking, but that idea of ownership. I learned this later on in my parenting journey with Theodore, probably when he was in his teens, that he's not mine. I don't own him. There are so many people that put their hands on Sparrow, uh, Sparrow, on Theodore, raising him. There were so many people, my siblings, my family, my neighbors, his teachers, you know, coaches. And I realized, like, by the time he was 12, there were over 20 some odd people in his life raising him. 
So there's like this idea that we, there are children, there are, no, they're not. It, and that's, I just wrote that down. It takes a village. It truly takes a village to raise a child because we want our children to go out into the village and to, and to define themselves when they get older. We have to make them feel that this village is safe. So creating the safety, like you said, creating a safe, two safe homes is creating a safe community for your child to thrive in. Exactly. I think we even thought about where those homes would be located. Like yeah. really we want, we want like a short commute. We want like, mm-hmm. to be, you know, logistically easy for us. Yes. But so thinking about putting two homes next to each other in the same neighborhood, it might as well just be one home. There's a benefit to having our style, which is we have a real diversity and mm-hmm. partners bring things to her and my partners bring things to me that, us alone, even us as a couple, wouldn't see otherwise. And that means our child's going to have a diversity of opinions. They're yes. also going to have a diversity of perspectives. They're With the two homes, they're going to be in two similar but not the same neighborhoods. So they're going to see more of... They're the going to Yeah. They're going to grow up in a bigger world than they would otherwise do. And I think that's maybe maybe like the biggest... Like one of the bigger... Many gifts we want to give is... A much more open world than we were given mm-hmm. oh my goodness i have all the tingly feels right now that feels so good <laughs> that is so such a good message and that's exactly what Anne Celeste and i stand for with the star parent we still what we've been doing for for this whole year is just promoting this find your way that works for you and just nurture that and grow from that and build on that and it's gonna work Mm-hmm. absolutely <laughs> this is so wonderful mike i'm so thankful that you're here today and and plus i really hope that the both of you come back together as a as a co-parenting couple to share with our listeners kind of your journey especially in the first year or so of parenting i think it would be cool to, to t- touch back here in a year's time and have this conversation again <laughs> Absolutely. even in a few even in like the first three months you know like oh, I okay. think it's so great to do that timeline of like h- how, <laughs> how hard or how resilient we feel you know um how much sleep we're gonna need yeah <laughs> or even the, the myths that are debunked you know what i mean oh, yeah. where it's like oh, everyone yeah. said this that's not what we were what i really needed to learn was like <laughs> how to really manage my food better i mean who knows, right yeah. to, to be to to see where the dice land yeah Yes, yeah. yes. Well, we're we're all very curious and very thankful that you shared your story and your journey with us and being so intimate about the details and how you became to be. It's it's very encouraging for people thinking about it. I hope so. I hope so for sure. And I and I actually want to be available to other people who are thinking about co-parenting or becoming parents in non-traditional ways. I was very inspired by different people in my life who went on that journey and i hope to also continue to inspire and and give resources and support mm, i was just going to ask about that where can people find that parenting con- uh, co-parenting contract that you and mike used uh well th- that one is particular to quebec where we're living in every okay. single state is going to have a different one okay um, i could though maybe find the link and put it in uh put that it would on be- a- on our yeah. Instagram. <laughs> yeah, I think that would be great. Or and even within the the link for the podcast when it's published, I think that would be awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And there there's uh, co-parenting groups where people kind of go and 
they date to meet the person that they want to go parent with. There's so many different avenues. Oh, I didn't know that. Yep. Yep. I have yep. some friends who, I have friends who may, made friends in that. They didn't actually find their co-parent in there, but they, and there's a whole group yep. of friends who are either gay, who had a surrogate or who find an anonymous donor. So there's all kinds of community that's out there. Nice. Yeah. There are social networks starting to happen in Great Britain. Uh, we studied a bit of this research when we started our process of uh, sort of like dating sites with people who want to co-parent together. Mm -hmm. Some ended up falling in love, some don't. But uh, the overall is we want to make a baby, but we don't want to go through the relationship escalator of, like yeah. we said before. Yeah, yeah, it's true. We're, we have to create a new narrative of how this is going to work as a collective and create space for people carving their own way of how to navigate through romantic or platonic relationships when you're raising children. Yeah. Yeah. This is so, so good. I'm very, very thankful. What a lovely Sunday morning to spend with you both. I just want to kind of wrap things up. Do you have anything else that you wanted to share? No, I think that was a nice note to end on. Yeah. I would I would just say that um, I think a lot of people struggle with the definition of love. I've had a lot of people ask me, what is it? Do you love? And what does that mean? And this, yeah, <laughs> of course I do. This is also what love looks like. Yeah. What do you mean? We're not alone. We're totally in love. But <laughs> it just looks different. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm, I love that. I love that. Asking this question, what does spiritual parenting mean to you? Because whatever it is, just seek it, ask for it, and do whatever it takes to make you shine, because you will. Thank you, Anne Celeste. Thank you, Mike. Love Thanks, you both. Marianne. Bye. Take care. Bye-bye.